All right. Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. I'm Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are disgusting. <laughs> we are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we're disgusting. <laughs> and this week we are discussing HBO's Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage. So much rage. <laughs> There's a whole from the viewers more. HBO has so many good documentaries, I feel like. Yeah, this is definitely, this is a good one. I liked it. Yeah, I feel like we go to HBO a lot lately. Uh, when we started this, I honestly thought we'd be going to Netflix a bunch, and I feel like it's yeah, been I feel a like, lot of HBO. Yeah, well, I feel like Netflix has taken a lot of, like, good stuff away. They've stuff. done more, like, true crime stuff, like. Yeah. God, so much Stalker. true crime. Yeah. Yeah. They know their audience. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> It was nice taking a week off, so I'm glad to be back at this. I know. I definitely missed it last week. So. <laughs> well, you at least got to come over. I, yeah, I at least got to hang out, but, you know. Just take a week off from work. All right. I look forward to seeing you each week. Aw, same. <laughs> Maybe because I'm constantly just surrounded by guys and <laughs> cleaners all the time. So, Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage premiered on July 23rd, 2021. Uh, it was the 22nd anniversary of the concert's first day. Not an anniversary we should really be celebrating. <laughs> it is the first film of a six-part documentary series, Music Box. I looked into some of the other documentaries, and they kind of showed them, I think, at the beginning or the end. Yeah. There's a Kenny G one that I'm <laughs> oddly excited about. Did did I get really like was it a rager? It was a rager, I, wasn't I it? <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's like the third or fourth one they're gonna do. There was like Alanis Morissette. Oh, that'll definitely be. But I was like, Kenny G <laughs> yeah, now I have to watch exciting. all of them. I can't wait for that one. This was directed by Garrett Price and I don't know why you would want to do this. There was a lot of weird people in it, though. <laughs> I I honestly, so watching this, I felt old as shit. Like, yes. Because these are all bands that, like, I, like, grew up on and mm -hmm. was really into in the 90s and early 2000s. And so I was just like, holy shit, they did not age well. No. <laughs> like, like, the offspring? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> He looks like my dad. Yeah. Well, and the sad part is, like, they're all that age. Yeah, they are. And it's just, I think it's it's very um, traumatic seeing people that, like, you idolized or whatever. And then you're like, uh, oh, God, they're, like, basically my dad. <laughs> and this uh, was in the 90s. I do recall seeing a fanny pack in this. It was very 90s. It was, like, super super 90s um you know no cell phones mm -mm. people were definitely lots of like you know this was like right after like nirvana was like super so like grunge and just i missed grunge didn't last long enough it really didn't because this especially had too much limp biscuit there's a lot of limp biscuit i was not a <laughs> fan so i was just like oh my god well, and wasn't ICP there too? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's that's the biggest thing for me is like this whole like 
the lineup was set list so yeah stupid <laughs> like who chose all of these artists I together like it just and it's just it's it's a weird mix it's a weird mix I don't know. <laughs> all right we start off with an introduction by director garrett price which i really liked i like when they like talk to the directors of it yeah that was it was basically just him talking about why he chose to do this and initially it was going to be a comedy but as he looked more into what happened there's nothing funny about it it was a horror story yeah there's literally nothing funny i'm just glad i was 11 okay there's like one funny moment oh i know i was like oh shit i totally would have wanted to go but it was not safe for women let me just say and even my husband's like oh like I totally would have wanted to be there. And even seeing this, I still would have wanted to be there because it's like, you know, the chance of a lifetime. He's like, but you definitely wouldn't have been safe there. Well, and do you remember seeing there was that like 11 or 12 year old boy there? Dude, there were children. And this was like the second day. So shit's already fallen apart. And I couldn't imagine. like still a kid there. I can barely function taking my children camping in the woods or whatever. Like, fuck taking them to a fucking music festival where we're tam- camping in tents around a bunch of like shit-faced 20-somethings. Uh, just the fact that they were there more than a day. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah, definitely some not very solid parenting Yeah, you'll probably hear a lot of dog noises because my husband is not here to watch them. It's been a rough week for recording. (laughs) Yeah. So August 15th, 1969, Michael Lang is one of the co-creators of the original Woodstock, and he's being interviewed about Woodstock, and I would say he was fucking blitzed out of his gourd. He was obviously high. Yeah. I, I don't... I didn't really like him. No. Yeah. There were some things that he said that really set me off. Yeah. And I got rage. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you got Woodstock 99, peace, love, and rage? I got (laughs) rage, rage, rage. There was no peace. There was no love. (laughs) So we go to July 23rd, 1999, and I am already fucking loving the soundtrack. Yes! Oh, God. It was like, that is the best part of this whole like documentary mm-hmm. just the, the music because i'm like oh it takes me back the music and the shitty cars are just yeah it just takes you back and the dude walking in on crutches who's going to a music festival on crutches these people were committed <laughs> like, like i want to know what the backstory is what happened to him why he thinks this is gonna work out because i would think all that walking because the place was huge would, yeah like, it was fuck a fucking up his shoulder or something it was a fucking like air force be- uh, yeah and then why are the news crews interviewing these kids that just sounds like a nightmare like worse than doing interviews at a bar on making a murder oh, <laughs> yeah no not your best uh audience no and leading up to all this we're reminded that clinton has been impeached and y2k is coming yes that was a huge fucking deal i remember my parents having like gallons of water in the garage and then my dad had worked for the city at the time so we had to go up to his work just in case street signals went down or something 
That was the best. I missed that level of panic, like when we were worried about, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, January first, two thousand. <laughs> like that was that was good solid times. Now we're like school shootings. Yeah, and- <laughs> school shootings and COVID. Oh, and this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, COVID. Fucking pandemic. Um, yeah. Well, and I think this was after, this was, like, just after Columbine, yeah, too. Yeah, so it was, it was like, like, three months after or something. Yeah, and so, like, there was a lot going on for our generation and the generation. Well, and I hated that they talked before. about Columbine and talked about how they were bullied, which they weren't fucking bullied. I wish they would have gone into that just a little more. Yeah, like, maybe don't bring up Columbine if you're not gonna... Well, bring it up, but not show news clips of... They were bullied, and for like somebody just come on and go. They were pieces of shit. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's not defend them. We are informed that there are ten thousand staff people taking care of three hundred and fifty thousand attendees. Which, I mean, already they're doing better than Fire Festival. That's that's another thing I was thinking because, like, you know, after watching you know the Fire Fest doc, I just like it was better organized in the fact that like yeah they actually got to you know see the bands but it still managed to fall apart but it still managed and well no i'll wait because it'll be spoiler (laughs) (laughs) i was like and something doesn't hold true for what firefest had uh five years earlier they hold woodstock 94 to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the original woodstock the original went so well. Let's just try to bring it back. Okay, but I think that, like, a lot of people don't realize that the original, like, first of all, times <laughs> it was were... also a clusterfuck. It was a clusterfuck. Off. Yeah, it was a shit show. And also, like, they dealt with a lot of the same problems, you know, yeah. at the original. And a lot of those people were, like, homeless or, like, no, like you know, they were, like, traveling around, you know, back in the 70s. Everyone was just, like... Oh, 60s. Oh, 60s, yeah. My bad. 69. But yeah, it's just, it was a different crowd back then. Though only 164,000 tickets were sold, the crowds at Woodstock 94 was estimated over 500,000. Yeah, a lot of people got in for free. Tickets were $135 each, which that seems insane for even early 90s. Yeah. All they had to keep people out was just a regular chain link fence, so of course people just snuck on in. Like they did with the original Woodstock, so they didn't learn from that. And not only snuck in, but also brought with them beer and alcohol, which was banned. <laughs> Two deaths at the How festival. do you ban alcohol at a music oh, festival? No. <laughs> Two deaths at the festival were confirmed. A unidentified 45-year-old male died of suspected diabetes complications. And a 20-year-old died of a ruptured spleen. That is real hardcore. (laughs) Organizers also confirmed 5,000 people were treated at medical tents and 800 were taken to hospitals. So now it's sounding like Action Park. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) just tying everything. Did they have their own ambulances? (laughs) I don't know. It's in the same area kind of as Action Park. And Action Park, that was the year they didn't open for the summer. So they could have just come here instead and had the same chance of getting injured. Or dying, (laughs) apparently. But they thought it was a success, so they decided to come back in five years and go for it again. This time they turned to Rome, New York at Griffiths Air Force Base, which had been closed down a few years before. 
And an Air Force base sounds great when you want to solve the problem of sneaking in without a ticket. Like, that place is going to be secured. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a lot more secure than the previous. And it was also kind of cool at this base, instead of, like, the boring concrete walls, they let people, like, the community paint on them. Which yeah, I thought, I thought cool that was touch. really awesome. They painted like all like to c- go all the way around the fence yeah. or whatever. Like all those artists got together and painted, and that was so cool. And it pissed me off. Well, what? Yeah, what, what happens? happens? Yeah, Woodstock '99 was held July 22nd to the 25th, and tickets went for $150 plus service charge. Ah, so I mean, only $15 more than the five years before. It's pretty good inflation. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad about that. Now, service fees. That's <laughs> such we could, Yeah, if we could just go back to a time where we didn't have service fees. Yeah, or if they were like 50 cents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, almost the cost of my fucking ticket. Yeah. Cable network MTV covered the concert extensively, and live coverage of the entire weekend was available on pay-per-view for either $29.95 for a day or $59.95 for the entire festival, which... I would have much rather spend like 60 bucks and sit at home in AC than being uh, out there. Yes. Yes. I could not agree more. Like, <laughs> everyone should have just done pay-per-view. It should have been like a, a virtual concert. Or you could just wait and buy some of the performances on DVD, not to mention all the clips you can now just find on YouTube. Yeah. Or, you know, just wait. Just spend all that money. <laughs> or just wait 20-something years yeah. and watch the documentary. It's fine. All right, so we started off, and James Brown is there. Why? <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of things I questioned. <laughs> His music is fun, and watching him perform is fun, but why was he there? <laughs> just, like, I can get behind, like, there was Willie Nelson, Elvis Costello, but James Brown, I was like, no, how does that? I don't know. It, was, it just doesn't seem like a fit. Yeah, it was, it was quite a lineup. And then another one that was there was Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think he played for Grateful Dead a little bit, so I kind of, but I just... <laughs> just go in there and listen to him play piano. I mean, Jewel. They had Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> like... Anyway, James Brown is there, looking tired as fuck. And there are a lot of white boys at this it is festival. 99%. There was one t- attendee that just kept repeating, there's a lot of white boys. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like 99% like young white dudes. Frat. Yeah, guys. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. Bad news starts right away when people got there and had their drinks, including water, taken away at the gate. I should mention the temperature at the time was reaching over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And this and, is in New York. Yeah, in New York. And it was not on some, like, nice grassy field. It was a fucking Air Force base. Yeah. So it was, like, a lot of concrete just making it hotter and hotter. Like, I can't imagine going somewhere and not getting water. I know we're in Texas, but I've never gone to a place where they're like, no, we need to confiscate your water. Yeah, like, even even these days, like, I mean, just, not to mention, like, the idea, you know, their, their prices and stuff. Like, yeah. Water's water's a basic human, like... It's water. It's water, yeah. Michael Lang tells the press he thinks this is the best location they've had for a festival, which, on the surface, yeah. Maybe it's not as hot outside, maybe. However, military bases are not known for having lots of trees and shade. 
It's a bunch of concrete and asphalt surfaces. And again, it's over 100 degrees. But fuck you and your water bottle. Yeah. It's, I, it's and these people are, like, in New York. They're not used to, like... No. And I, I mean, sure, I, people traveled, I'm sure. But, like, still. It's insane. And, oh, my God, the anxiety I felt when they were at the fine people tent. Like, if you lost somebody in your group. Yeah, because, again, they didn't oh have cell phones. And, and there's and so many people there. Yeah. Like, you basically just... God, like, that, that one dude that lost terrifying. his friends. Like, oh, the guy that lost a 65-year-old friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, I turned into Billy Madison. Like, you get out there and you find that fucking dog. Why are you just standing around talking to people? Yeah. Just definitely, doing interviews. Like, like, I've been separated at, like, concerts. And that was, like weird enough and having like cell phones or whatever but, but like hundreds of thousands, yeah, thousands of people there of people and it's just like i mean it was a fucking mess it was a yeah. total mess and like oh my god think of all the body heat in the bo <laughs> like, yeah i just i can barely go to the mall just when it's crowded huge sea of people and to get lost and not being able to find your friends is terrifying they're showing clips from trl and did you see ja rule make an appearance of course i did <laughs> I wasn't ready to see that face again. <laughs> Still too raw. But Dave Holm looks incredible. He, like, he actually, all these years pass, he still looked good. Some people did age well. Uh, in case you don't know, Dave Holmes was an MTV, VJ, or music television video jockey. God, I remember the days when that was like an actual thing. <laughs> and uh, fucking Moby. He's so upset that he's not listed on the welcome sign for the bands, which... I uh, laughed so hard at that. I like, you're like fucking Moby. Moby. Yeah. <laughs> I, and this did not help my impression of him. No. You're so seriously upset your name isn't listed, which you're getting paid for this. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, as long as I'm getting paid, I don't the care. The most boring person I've ever listened to, not to mention you're there to play on the emerging artist stage. <laughs> yeah, so it's it? not like this huge headliner. Yeah, he was like in the like rave area or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Moby? <laughs> Why does your name need to be on there? Just take your paycheck. Shut up. Which is a stark difference from our next feature, which was DMX. Oh, I was memories. very uncomfortable listening to so many white people singing along with DMX. Yeah, that was real uncomfortable. They felt very safe saying the N-word multiple times. With the he, hard R. Like, you can't do that. He was encouraging, the, though. But I was like, guys, no, 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 no. Yeah, you don't. No, 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 no. I go to a rap concert or, like, anything like that. Like, shut your I, mouth. I am not singing along. <laughs> no. Like, I know my place. I'm a white woman. <laughs> I, do, I don't even want to say it when I'm, like, home alone listening to <laughs> no, music i, don't. I do not want to say because it because i feel like people could tell that i said it and yes. i'm a bad person yes it. <laughs> it was just a sea of hundreds of thousands of people like just say the saying the end word like, oh my god <laughs> it's not good that was not a good start it was only 20 years ago it's still not cool no and then we go to fucking dave matthews who his quote is there's an abundance of titties. <laughs> yeah, I can see why it was pay-per-view. Like, that should was... have been the line they did to open this documentary because, oh my god. Yeah, my 11-year-old my walked in while I was like midway through it and was talking to me. And then she was like, oh, I'm leaving because yeah. there were like, boobs on screen. I, I did like, not go gonna... into thinking this. I did not go into this thinking I would see so many titties. 
when I thought that like I was doing well for 34, but now after seeing so many like 20 year old boobs, I'm like, I might need a boob job. <laughs> they haven't had kids ruin their lives. Yeah, exactly. It's the first night of music, and you have Dexter Holland from The Offspring telling all these young asshole white dudes to stop fucking groping women. I was just like, yes, thank you. Now I have so much more appreciation for The Offspring. It is never good when a bunch of white dudes come together. No. That is so scary to me. And like I said, like, dude, none of those women were safe. No. Like, it it was a fucking shit show. Like, those dudes were not following any kind of ground rules at no. all for life oh my god so women are not safe and once the sun is up and the people are all joining together nobody is safe no once that heat hits yeah like there were people like sleeping under trailers just to escape the sun and nap in the shade god and when i saw that i had like a lot of anxiety because they were basically just like propped up trailers and i'm like oh my god what if it falls and crushes all of these like six people sleeping under yeah. it yeah and the one guy was smart enough to know the symptoms to realize he was suffering from hyperthermia. He called it hypothermia, but I understood. Yeah. <laughs> Some people get that confused. The medical report they showed was fascinating. Out of 1,450 cases, 60% were heat exhaustion and dehydration. Because water was four fucking dollars yeah. a bottle. 20% was minor injuries, and then 10% was respiratory I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. Uh, We get to the point where people are pissed at the vendors for selling water for $4 a bottle, which that's fucking outrageous. But it it was something all the vendors agreed upon. Yeah, that that was definitely a really shady thing to do um, in a not-so-shady place. Well, the worst part was beer was the same price as water. Right, and that's and the, obviously when you have someone who's like in their twenties and you know beer is the same price yeah, as water, they're gonna get the fucking beer and then they're gonna be more dehydrated. Good idea. Got to make the the beer more expensive than the st- shit they actually need. Yes, Michael Lang is defending himself by saying there was lots of free water around, but that would mean anytime you were thirsty, you'd have to go find a water fountain. And are not gonna there do are that. hundreds of thousands of people waiting in those lines for the water. So it was like, regardless, you can't bring in your own water bottle, so you're going to be forced to spend $4 to get one so you could just keep refilling it. Except that's not really going to work because people were just bathing and showering in the water. <laughs> it was so fucking gross. All those like, people like sudsed up. Just like people that don't... girl in the water, like yeah. just sitting. Ugh. People don't realize how young, how dumb young people are. Yeah. I just... So I could see already how this would just keep going downhill. People are hot, thirsty, drunk or high, and just not thinking straight. Eventually, yeah, this is going to turn to anger. <laughs> so I know much. if I'm in the heat all day, I get fucking pissed. And we're used to it. We live in fucking Texas. Yeah. It's like 110 regularly, but fuck so that. A crowd of upset people, not great. I mean, we see what happens every Black Friday. (laughs) And that's not just a crowd of, like, 20-somethings. That's, like, adults. Uh, People are just tired of waiting for free water, and so they decide to just bust a pipe. Which leads us to the Mud Festival we all remember seeing. (laughs) It was so much mud. Except it might not have been all mud. Yeah, because then they're, like, 
inadequate porta potty count yeah like, their toilets are backing up and this is just friday there's still is. two more days to <laughs> yes. go that is not mud you're rolling in that is shit <laughs> so then we see kid rock he was great in joe dirt that's all i'll give him he supposedly sm- supports black people but then said fuck colin kaepernick and then back trump i don't understand yeah i i don't have any good feelings towards yeah (laughs) towards kid rock i was like why are we even can we just go back to dave matthews he doesn't seem like an asshole he seems like a nice guy yeah he was he was good but up there with kid rock are the assholes flipping over garbage cans and starting drum circles which fuck you i I do not want to have to listen (laughs) i know no one wants to listen to you bang on a fucking trash can okay you're not an artist you're just some fucking drunk kid but also i loved when that one kid was like uh the hippies over there with their drum circle they were not hippies okay (laughs) like no one no one at this festival was a hippie no and so they start beating on all these trash cans and stuff. So <laughs> there's nowhere to put trash. So it is just everywhere on the ground. It was so gross. Yeah, my seven-year-old so, yeah, would have had hippies, a heart attack seeing just all that trash. Jewel describes it really well when she says they had Woodstock 99 for the nostalgia, but it doesn't really work because this generation didn't have anything to fight for. There wasn't really anything to be angry about. Like the original one where you had like mob I, and I, racial. Yeah. Well, I definitely, we still have racial yeah, inequality. Was, and gender equality. Yeah. Inequality. Like, I don't know. I, I would have to agree, though, that like I feel like our generation had a lot of angst and anger for absolutely no yeah. fucking reason. Like, we, like, I look back on it and I'm like, why the fuck was I so angry? Well, <laughs> mine was more due to bipolar, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely had my own. Yeah, there was issues, really but... nothing to be angry at. Yeah, there's a lot of like we weren't angst. in war or anything. Just everybody shitting on Monica Lewinsky, which is bullshit. Yes, she's great. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny. And yes, Jewel was there. This is the I would just like to lineup. say I would just like to say that I'm real proud that nobody chanted "Show your tits." to jewel we don't know we didn't see the entire that is true but i definitely saw when that one oh rosie Perez. Yes! <laughs> when she comes out and it literally like everyone is just chanting show us your tits show us your she's tits. like fuck you i'm not showing you shit yeah she's like what the fuck like where does anyone think it's cool like when someone goes on stage to yell show us your tits like fucking men my favorite was the girl who had written on her show me your dick yeah she was like fully clothed she's like show us your dick like it's only like, fair show us your tits well it's only fair you show me your dick yeah that shut them up real quick uh yeah it was a dumbass lineup you have chill acts like alanis morissette dave matthews band and brian setzer orchestra <laughs> like, why? i can't see that one going well no and along with that, you have Limp Biscuit, Corn, and Rage Against the Machine. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it. I just I want to I want to be in contact with the person who like picked all the artists. <laughs> I had no idea how big Limp Biscuit was. It was insane. I feel like that Principal Skinner meme that like, uh, am I out of touch? 
No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yes. Like, what was I just, the appeal? God, that one, that one dude that was like talking about how he kind of looked like Fred Durst. Yeah. And like, he was like rapping. And I was like, you know, that was like the moment, like that was the highlight of his entire life. The dude's like in his forties now. And that is what he looks back on. And it's yeah. like, God, that was so cool. <laughs> I don't understand why Fred Durst is so angry other than his name being Fred. I don't get the appeal of Limp Bizkit, so, but I'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, I was never, never a Limp Bizkit fan. Uh, at this point, people are jumping around and causing complete fuckery, I think. <laughs> it was chaos. And when the camera pans out to this huge crowd of people, it triggered my um, tripophobia. Like, just all the small heads and stuff moving around. I had to, like, take a break because I was getting nauseous from watching it. Was, my social anxiety was like on edge. <laughs> I was like this is way too many that too but it was way like, too many just, fucking people it's like oh I gotta just walk away Fred Durst is being all angsty and shit and then comments on how cool it is people are crowd surfing on plywood so, yeah you know, it's like encouraging bad behavior <laughs> it's just like this is so dumb it's like I, I don't understand it because even as a, as a kid it was like don't do stupid stuff. Don't run around a pool when the ground's wet. Don't run with scissors. So I don't understand. People see, thinking it's okay to get up on plywood and crowd surf. Yeah, it just... Not to mention, like, dude, if that plywood came over my head, fuck that. Like, yeah. that's not happening. I'm not fucking supporting... There's corners on that thing. You get hit in the back of the head with that. Fucking concussion. It's like the people who ride on the top of cars. <laughs> I don't get that. I feel like we were just too smart for our own good. I think maybe because my dad was an EMT, so he would come home and tell us like these horrible stories. <laughs> like that's why we weren't allowed to like rollerblade or get on trampolines. So I think maybe that's why I'm always like any situation I could see how something can go wrong. This leads to the whole thing of you can't blame an artist for how people act. Which in this case, I think maybe just skip singing break stuff when a crowd's already breaking just stuff in shambles. Yeah, just read the room. Well, I like I like how they went out and like talked to him to try and get him to like calm the crowd yes. down or whatever. And it's like, are you really asking Fred Durst to yeah. calm people down? <laughs> like, know your audience. Like, this isn't happening. It really needs to be said that Limp Biscuit does not need to play at something called Woodstock. That's insane. It's like peace, love, and angry white boys. And if I knew I was going to have to sit through a second of listening to Metallica, I would have skipped this. I don't like Metallica. I don't I mind. haven't met a single person who agrees with me, but maybe it's just I don't like Lars Ulrich, which they shit on him <laughs> during this over the whole Napster thing. Yeah, that was definitely... Remember Napster? <laughs> Remember when you would download something and it would take it would say that it was going to be like 24 hours to download? Yes. And then the time just increased and increased. Mm -hmm. I remember downloading a movie and it took two days. <laughs> <laughs> Our children really don't know how no. easy they have it. So on top of angry white boys, people being covered in mud and shit and being dehydrated, during the night they have raves going on all night. Yeah, so it was literally like 24 sleeping. hours. <laughs> So there's just people not even sleeping, and it's just, it's bad. 
I don't know. Yeah, you can't you can't take a this. large amount of people who haven't slept in like no, you gotta forty eight hours. People a chance to sleep and sort of recover from being out in the heat all day. But also, I don't know that it was safe to sleep. No, that's true. By Sunday, angry frat white boys are tearing down walls, and security's non-existent because they basically just use the cover of the job to get into the concert for free. Yeah. <laughs> they did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And they weren't even, like, real security. It was like... You just took a class where they gave you the answers to the test. It was like, what did their shirt say? Something like peace... Peace Patrol? Yeah, Peace Patrol. <laughs> I was like, we don't need Peace Patrol, bro. We no. need fucking, like riot gear <laughs> so you either have peace control or peace patrol or the uh what was the rolling stones one something angels hell's angels yes <laughs> like they need something in between they need cops with riot yeah, gear. Just... <laughs> oh they get that i oh, know i know <laughs> women are being sexually assaulted and raped and it got so bad mtv left yeah you, Do know... you know how crazy it is for mtv to leave yeah they literally did not feel safe filming anything they do spring break things every year and even this was like guys that's too much yeah they literally ran and i never thought i would say this but poor jewel first they only had three female acts and they set it up so it was only one a day and she stuck with the last day this poor woman has to come out and perform her chill music to this aggro crowd of dudes <laughs> i don't know how anyway jewel doesn't work because people are starting to set fires everywhere yeah someone gave everyone I, candles I <laughs> it was a group who was like trying to inform people about guns and how don't need guns all these people are dying and they hand out candles yeah because they were thinking it was going to be like a candlelight vigil yeah they were supposed to have a candlelight vigil on the last day with red hot chili peppers Did Did you, why didn't you do it during jewel <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the perfect the better perfect time for a candlelight vigil so the Red Hot Chili Peppers Encore, they decide to play Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix's Fire. Anthony Kiedis later stated in his autobiography, Scar Tissue, that Hendrix's sister had asked them to play Fire in honor of Jimi and his performance at the original Woodstock Festival. They were not playing it to encourage the crowd. But yeah. again, read the, the room. room. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, would, I would definitely say like the artists aren't at fault, but... They could have done a little Common bit more sense. to, like, scale it back. And they were talking about how, like, it was just, like, like, everything happened so quickly. Like, it was just, like, bam. But no, it was, like, a steady buildup of, like, there shit going so rough. There were so many fires. It was, like, the whole fucking how place was on fire. How did just keep letting it get bad? And they're still, like, literally, the whole back area is, like, on a fire. Fire. And they're, like... Red Hot Crowds. Chili Peppers still playing. Yeah, they're still playing, and people are still staying there watching. I'd be like, fuck this. I don't want to burn to death. No. I'm leaving. These dumb assholes obviously think you're encouraging them. You've seen how cities act when they win Super Bowls. They destroy <laughs> their own towns. There was so much. There was so much rioting and looting and just like... Yeah. And when they ripped out... Were you going to get to it? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I was like... Yeah, you don't see the players come out after Super Bowl wins and cheer the people on to destroy towns and climb up light poles. No, they're fucking hiding. After that, what's left just falls apart. They're destroying ATMs, trailers full of equipment and merch. 
vendor booths are set on fire. Even an audio They're tower. They're looting. Like. Even an audio tower is knocked over and set on fire. But what was it? One of the trailers, they found frozen pretzels. So they set those on fire. <laughs> That's a waste of a good pretzel. That's so stupid. Uh, even stages they set to, on fire. Yeah, they set they set stages on fire. They were like just breaking shit and putting it on like making huge bonfires. Uh, what's left of the security is told to just get the fuck out for their own safety. They're told to like put their shirts inside out, put their uh, badges inside the shirts, and yeah. just they were worried for the they exit. would become targets. I don't know how these people can participate in something like this and then just go on with their lives. The one guy was like, "Well, it was just the crowd went up." I'm like. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Why do you think that's okay to just destroy stuff? I there's a lot of really shitty behavior. Yeah, and that's not even like considering all of the fucking sexual assaults and yeah. like the girls that were literally like being fingered while you know crowd surfing. Yeah, and which that's that's a risk at every concert. I feel like which is horrible. I'm never but... crowd surfing like yeah. because I'm a sensible grown adult, but. I remember being at a concert and somebody was crowd surfing and they kicked me in the back of the head and I blacked out. I prefer concerts that come with seats because, Mm -hmm. again, I just want to sit down and enjoy the music. Mm -hmm. I don't need to rage. Well, my taste of music, I go to, like, old people. Like, when I went to Tom Petty and Steve Winwood, (laughs) that was a chill crowd. It's, It's all fine, though, because state troopers are heading in. How do you know it's a crowd of white kids? The cops are just strolling on through. <laughs> Nobody getting beat up or anything. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of white privilege. Yeah, women are being assaulted, shit set on fire, people are rioting, and the cops were just like, hey kids, get out of here, you scamps. And then the rest of the film is just trying to find someone to blame for this. When really it was, there were too many people. The axe just... <laughs> Didn't make sense. No. Because then the poor people who are going to see, like, Dave Matthews, and they're having to put up with all this other shit. So many boobs. In the end, 44 arrests were made, 8 sexual assaults were reported, 4 of those being rape, which we all know that's a small percentage to how many yeah, there and like, really were. Like the one girl said, like, a lot of them didn't even think to report it. They just wanted to get away from the situation. Like, yeah. And if you're in a sea of people and like you're being groped like who do you even like you can't what's the point of reporting it like there you can't even know who has assaulted you well and then it was uh one of the guys who was arrested for rape was a prison guard and he raped a 15 year old like what the fuck just uh the whole thing just i was so angry about all of that like just the fact that like there's so many young white dudes that like None of the girls there were safe. No. And and this whole concept that, like, because they were showing their boobs, they were asking for it. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if you see a naked woman and you think that, like, you have a right to touch her what? in any way, like... And one of the guys... The even, fuck? Yeah, one of the guys was like, well, yeah, they were showing their boobs. I don't know what they expected. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, like... And this wasn't a clip from... Like, after Woodstock already. This was the current one. Yeah. This was a current clip of a guy saying that. Yeah. I was fucking appalled. I think it was, um, it was the, wasn't it the co-founder or something? Who, yeah, like, not started... Michael Lang, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was fucking pissed. So I wanted to like bald punch him in the face. It was fucking disgusting. After paying fees and fines, the city of Rome, New York, only made two hundred thousand dollars, which is like less than a dollar per person that was there. Yeah, approximately six people were injured during the fire and riot. David DeRosia collapsed in the mosh pit during the Metallica performance. His friend was featured in the film, sort of explaining like. The backstory of the group being there. And didn't he kept, like, a journal? Yeah, he was keeping a journal during it. So, which, that's sad. Yeah, because, you know, at least at Firefest, you know, he was right. Nobody died. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. But, uh, just... In this case, they can't say that because people did die. And, oh, my God, it was absolutely devastating when he's talking about how he lost his friend and he was, like, looking for him. And turns out he was in the morgue. Yeah. Just... It was just reading his diary entries about how excited he was to go see Metallica and then to just collapse during the middle of it. Yeah, just oh, so sad. Hyperthermia. Uh, when he collapsed, he started having seizures, so the medical staff just assumed he was OD. It was the 90s, everyone's doing drugs, so obviously it has nothing to do with the heat. Uh, he was transported to an Air Force base. Oh, he was transported to the Air Force base Air Force Base Medical Center and then was airlifted to University Hospital in Syracuse. A little more than an hour after he had collapsed, his body temperature was 107 degrees Fahrenheit. The following afternoon, he was in a coma and a doctor had diagnosed him with hyperthermia, probably secondary to heat stroke. After being in a coma for another day, he died at 12.09 p.m. on Monday, July 22nd. The autopsy report ruled the death as accidental and listed the cause of death as hypothermia. It's just disgusting. Yeah. In 2001, his mother filed a lawsuit in New York Supreme Court against the promoters of Woodstock 99 and six doctors who worked at the event. The lawsuit stated that he died because concert, promo- concert promoters were negligent by not providing enough water and inadequate adequate medical care for 400,000 attendees. It's so sad. I read an article about her filing the lawsuit and all that and he was his mother's primary caretaker because she suffered from Lyme disease. Oh god. Yeah. He might have survived if the medical tents had fucking thermometers. How do you not That's have a something basic so basic? Fucking like medical piece of equipment like a thermometer. Yes. You can get them, like, super cheap. Like, what the hell? So they brought him to the medical tent at about 12.40 a.m., and it's not until 1.57 a.m. he's airlifted to a hospital where they finally take his temperature. Once they realize, oh, it's 107 degrees, he's suffering from hyperthermia. They probably would have saved him. (laughs) They just just taken his temperature right then. I can't believe how hot it is outside. How many people come into medical tents for heat-related issues, but your first assumption is this guy is ODing. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> a lot of... It's been 20 years, and I could not find any sort of conclusion on the lawsuit. I hope she got it's me. It's just tragic. Members of the National Organization for Women later protested outside the New York offices of one of the concert performers. Several lawsuits by concert goers against the promoters for dehydration dehydration and distress were also announced. One of the ones I 
I feel bad laughing at. A Canadian woman had filed a $1 million lawsuit against Woodstock 99 organizers claiming she broke her ankle and developed a bacterial infection after being trapped in a portable toilet that was tipped over. <laughs> the I, was like, I feel bad laughing about that. How'd you break your ankle? <laughs> Poor body tipped over. I hope we never have another Woodstock. It is not necessary. Well, and then they tried again in 2019. Yeah. And then had to cancel it, thank God. Like three months before it was supposed to happen or yeah. something. It's not a good idea. We are not still the same Woodstock people. Like, it's no. Not a, like, we don't. We don't need a Woodstock. We've got, like, all these other music festivals that aren't a shit show and aren't full of women being raped. Yeah. Well, we don't really know, but... <laughs> Not on this level, at least. <laughs> but we did get to see Vern Troyer during... Yes! <laughs> Was he with Limp Biscuit? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Another one of those where I was like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> there were so many people that I questioned why they were here. Oh, my God. Oh, and I like how Moby, like, escaped on, was it Saturday night? Mm -hmm. He was like, I just, the energy was, like, wrong. I had to leave. <laughs> it's like, Shut up, Moby. It's probably, probably for the best that Moby left. I couldn't see it going well for him. Um, oh, yeah, and, the, like, the people that tore down the, like, they were like, tear down the wall, tear down the wall. And, like, the chick, like, wakes up and was like, oh, Pink Floyd's here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you love that part. I cracked up so hard. I was just, she's like, Pink Floyd's here? And then she's like, oh, no, they're just, you know, ripping the fucking wall down. Mm -hmm. Which pissed me off because, again, like, all those artists, like, spent all of their time and effort making this, like, beautiful, like, painted you know, piece to go around the wall. They needed something else to set on fire. Yeah. They ran out of stuff to set on fire, so they tore down walls. Just fucking, ugh, so awful. <laughs> Just, I had a lot of rage watching this, and I'm not a 20-something white dude. And that's the problem. Too, but... too many white people. Yeah. It was a great doc. I liked the music, but... There were a lot of angry people, and then there were a lot of people to be angry at. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, it it definitely seemed like like the, the event of a lifetime. The promoters just didn't want to accept any fault in what happened. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, people died. Yeah, like this. It wasn't on the same level as Firefest. Firefest was a shit show, and like, you know, they Nobody were like really got inconvenienced. Hurt. Yes, but no one got hurt, and they no, cannot instead, say the same for Woodstock '99. No, just let's. There Keep are people that one who are still past. suffering because of what happened. I'm not a music festival kind of person. That'll do it. <laughs> that, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we'll be back next week. As long as this, if, if it's another shit weekend, <laughs> we're just going to call it. We can't. We can't. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.